Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? I'm Brent Weaver here for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm very much excited about our guest today, Perry Marshall, who is one of the world's most expensive and sought-after business consultants, endorsed by Forbes, Inc. Magazine, and uh, probably one of the most respected entrepreneurs in the world. And clients seek his ability to integrate engineering, sales, art, and psychology. You guys probably have heard about Perry from his uh, his book, uh, 80-20 Sales and Marketing. Uh, 80-20 kind of based on the Pareto Principle, and we're going to be diving into that uh, today. He also also has uh, another bestseller, The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Advertising, as well as uh, Evolution 2.0, Breaking the Deadlock Between Darwin and Design, uh, and another uh, bestseller, Industrial Ethernet. And he has um, a Ultimate Guide to Google Ads as well. So very well published, very well followed. Uh, many people in the entrepreneurial space, of course, uh, view Perry Marshall as a household name. So we're really excited and happy to welcome Perry to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. And, you know, running an agency is, you know, you don't just stick a pencil behind your ear and fall into it. It requires some dedication and some spice. So let's help some people make some dinero today. <laughs> I love it. Um, so one of your, you know, what I would consider to be one of your more popular books, I'm not sure specifically your sales numbers, but 8020 sales and marketing uh, is something that I hear people reference all the time. Uh, and, and I've seen this on many people's desks, uh, you know, that they've, that they've read or referenced as something that's kind of shifting their mindset around their business. So where did you uncover this whole 8020 idea? Where did this first emerge for you, and uh, obviously, it compelled you to to write a book about it. So, uh, I'm interested to hear about that. Well, I remember hearing about it in the '90s, and I was a sales manager at this little tiny company, and I was, you know, just you know, a scrapping young guy, you know, trying to make, you know, trying not to drown in the world, right? 
And, um, and I heard about the 80, 20 principle. I'm like, huh, that's kind of interesting. And, um, and I printed out a sales report and I actually went through it with the calculator. I'm like, I'll be darned. It's true. Um, but then that was really about all I did with it. Um, you know, I just thought it was an interesting rule of thumb. Um, I what I didn't, I didn't realize that it's really the central, um, it, it, it is a fundamental law of cause and effect that is found almost everywhere and affects almost everything. Like I would have never written a book about it if it wasn't like some earth shatteringly powerful thing, but it, it actually is. And so what happened uh, was uh, my friend, Ken McCarthy, who's known to some people in the internet world. Um, he said, Oh, you know, Hey everybody, you got to, got to read this book by Richard Koch called the 80, 20 principle. And that's kind of the original, you know, definitive book about 80, 20, really the first one. And it, it sold a million copies by the way. And Richard's a good friend of mine today. Uh, but I didn't know him or anything back then. Well, I, I start reading this book and Richard makes this almost throwaway remark in the first few pages that says, um, 8020 has an awful lot to do with chaos theory and fractals. And then he just kind of goes on. I'm like, what? Hey, wait a minute. Ooh. Well, I had studied that and, and I'm going to give you guys, you know, a little miniature science lesson today, because I think everybody needs to understand a little bit about this to really grasp why this is earth shattering. Okay. So, so, um, Chaos theory is like the the butterfly effect, for example. The guy that figured out in the 1960s, uh, he was trying to model weather on computers, and he found out, oh, you know, if I change the weather like one millimeter or one-tenth of a degree at the beginning, I get a completely different result six months later, and a butterfly could start a hurricane in six months, okay? Or a hurricane could degenerate into just a butterfly flap, you know, um, it, it could go both ways. And, and, um, and, and I, I had actually uh, gotten fascinated with this and it's things like sand dunes and cracks in sidewalks and cracks in windshields and, um, and how rivers flow. And, um, and th the thing about fractals is, is there's a pattern inside a pattern inside a pattern inside a pattern. So if you look at the, there's a tree in my front yard and I'm looking out the window right now and you know, the, I can see the whole branching of the tree, but when I zoom in, there's branches inside the branches and I can zoom in, I could go down to the leaves and I can go down to the veins in the leaves and I keep seeing this branching pattern. Okay. And that's, that's part of chaos theory and it's part of how living things work. It's part of how nature works. And, and what I realized was, wait a minute, that means there's a pattern inside a pattern in 80, 20. And it also means that this is actually everywhere. This isn't just like, um, uh, 20% of my customers give me 80% of my money, which was what I discovered in the 90s, which it didn't really mean all that much at the time. Um, there's an 80-20 inside every 80-20. So what it actually means is not only do 20% of your customers generate 80% of your revenue, 
20% of the 20% generates 80% of the 80%. That means 4% gives you 64%, but then you can do it again and 1% produces 50%. And then you can do it again and 0.2% give you 40%. Oh my goodness. Wow. And not only that, this is everywhere. So I'm, I'm reading this book in a coffee shop and I jump up. Uh, I almost started drooling all over myself and I, I raced home as having this geek head on fire moment. And I like, I just started my business a year and a half before. Okay. And so I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. So if this is true, I should be finding this everywhere in the numbers of my business. And I get all these papers and I got a calculator and I'm sprawled out on the living room floor and my wife comes home. She's like, what happened to you? And I'm like, I'm having a giant epiphany here. And, and, and what I realized was I could start with something like just the hits on my website, like just the visitors. And then I could go to how many people actually signed up. And then the people that signed up, how many of them uh, did something. And then, you know, the ones that did something else, how many of them bought something. And then the ones that bought something, how many of them bought something else. And I could go all the way from the most, you know, the one person who bounced off my website in 10 seconds, which actually there was probably a ton of those people all the way up to my biggest client. And it all followed the 80-20 pattern. I'm like, oh my word, I can predict stuff with this. I know, like, I can look at this and I can take little tiny pieces of, like, I could test just one little tiny idea and extrapolate, like, okay, if I, if I got 15 people to, to buy a hundred dollar thing, I could eventually extrapolate, you know, how many people would buy a $10,000 thing and how much traffic I'd have to get to my website and how the sales would all flow and filter down. Um, it turned into this thing and that I call in, in 80, 20 sales and marketing, I call it the principle of the $2,700 espresso machine, which says that if there's a thousand people uh, for every thousand people who buy a $5 latte at Starbucks, you're pretty much guaranteed to sell one $2,700 espresso machine. And you could even figure out, okay, so how many $270 espresso machines are going to sell? And, and it's going to tell you correctly and that, that, that there are these attractors and there's these ways that, that people behave. And, and it's because they're obeying this law of nature. So 80-20 is true of the size of the files on your hard drive. And it's true of the traffic on the roads in your town. It's all 80-20. And so it's, it's this actual massive simplification. Like if you know this one thing and you know how to apply it, there's about a hundred things that you don't have to go memorize or go figure out for yourself because it's already there. And so this just blew my circuits. And so at the time, uh, what was just starting to happen was uh, Google AdWords was coming on strong and I had used it for about a year and I thought it was really cool. And I, I started realizing, hey, everything in a Google AdWords account is an 80-20 deal. So so which ads get the most traffic and which ads are duds, that's 80-20. The keywords, uh, 
the keywords are 95.5. 5% of the keywords produce 90% of the traffic and the other 95% of the keywords only produce 5% of the traffic. And every single column, all of this stuff, it was all 80-20. So really doing Google AdWords was just figuring out 80-20. And, and that, this actually put me ahead of the curve um, a, ahead of most people's learning. And not too long after that, a speaking invitation came to go speak on Google AdWords. I ended up writing the world's best selling book on internet advertising. And it was because I understood 80-20 and most people doing AdWords did not. Uh, at least that was, you know, one big reason. And so if, if you want to make more money with less effort, um, you're in an 80-20 game and it's, it's incredibly powerful. And I know I've seen this in our own business uh, in, in a lot of different ways. And, and, and before I, uh, we go deeper on this, um, you, you give the espresso machine as an example. And I think uh, probably a lot of business owners, if they look inside their business, they're going to find this as well. But isn't there some level of kind of a permission to play that you have to have, you can't just you know, tack on a more expensive product. You have to actually still have like a good product and a good reputation and a good offer. Uh, it's not just oh, as simple well, to say, I sold 500 of these widgets. I'm just going to upsell a certain amount of customers on anything that's going to be more expensive and they'll buy it. Oh, right. Well, so it it has to be it has to be proportionally valuable and in, in like the sale, just selling, forget, forget making them happy. Okay. We'll set that aside for a second, right? Delivering what you promised. We can talk about that in a minute, but just on the front end, this will only work if the espresso machine is proportionally appealing, right? So, you know, people go to Starbucks because they think Starbucks is a more appealing place to go you know, than buying coffee at McDonald's or something, right? And and so so Starbucks has a unique selling proposition. Um, well, you're not going to get the sales of that espresso machine unless it has a similarly good um, USP itself. And and so, but then one of the things that you can then do is if you roll out that thing at a different price and it it, it gives you disappointing results compared to what eighty twenty said it would then there's something about your offer or matching it to the audience or whatever that you didn't get right. If you do get it right, if, if you've got all the different price tiers, um, you know, if they're appropriately appealing and, you know, and, you know, obviously the espresso machine has a lot more perceived value than a latte, right? Um, then it'll actually, it'll play out and it'll obey 80-20. And it's, it's really like people will read my book, like there's Amazon reviews where people go, oh my word, like I, I, I plugged these numbers into Perry's little online tool that comes with the book and oh my word, it's just like spitting accurate. Um, and yeah, it's like, well, that's because 80-20 is actually a law of nature. And if you understand what it actually does, then there's, there's huge things. You're like, I can ignore this. I can ignore that. And, and, and it tells you what to go looking for that you hadn't looked for before. I know personally, uh, I guess by the time this airs, we will have just had our uh, annual conference called U Summit. Uh, but I know when we were planning U Summit, we used this as a tool to predict our VIP ticket sales. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's, I think we ended up like 70-30, but at least when we were thinking about right. talking to the hotel about, you know, our VIP lunches and how many we needed to contract for uh, and, and, and know ahead of time, we could at least use this as a rule of thumb to uh, to estimate sales. And, and then also we've used this as a method to, uh, you know, realize at what quantity or what volume is it worth for us to start creating some higher tier programs on offers? Um, you know, are we going to put this offer out to enough people that it makes sense for us to, uh, to develop some higher ticket type stuff? And that's been um, a way that we've actually been able to generate significant amounts uh, more of revenue, also identify some of our best customers and kind of level up our game as entrepreneurs. So I know there's, there's not just about predicting, but using this as a, as a method to say, hey, is there enough here that we could actually create some, some bigger ticket type things has been a way we've definitely uh, used this to at some point like double a launch or triple a launch's revenue or profit. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, one, one of my longtime students, uh, Joshua Boswell, he was a uh, first time I met him, he was a fairly new copywriter and he had done all the stuff for a client. And um, he's, uh, or he was sitting in my office and we were having this uh, little workshop thing that we're doing called a four man intensive. And, and all of a sudden he got it, like it snapped in place, like, Oh, I get it. And, and he went home and for his client, he said, okay, we need to build this guy an espresso machine. And, uh, I want to say he, you know, increased the client's sales almost overnight by 30 or 40%. And, but the nice part is, you know, the, the fixed costs all were pretty much the same. So, you know, the, the, the revenue only went up 40%, but the profit probably went up 60 or 70%. And a lot of times that espresso machine, like the whole business actually, in a manner of speaking, exists just to sell that espresso machine because almost all of your profit comes from like whatever that edge is that you're doing beyond what everybody else is doing. That is... Um, that, that is where your profit comes from at, at the end of the year. And, and so it, uh, like the survival of the coffee shop probably depends on whether they have an espresso machine strategy or not. And, you know, the, the average coffee shop is just barely hanging on by their fingernails because they think they're in the coffee business and they don't realize, well, you know, you're actually in some other business and you just don't realize it, but the other guy does. Mm. So that's an interesting, I mean, there's that one kind of avenue of, well, there's a couple things here. One is using this as a method to predict. Uh, another is to use this as a method to identify new potential products or services that you can offer. Uh, remembering back to, uh, I think it was Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, he talks about how, um, I'm not sure if it was from you or, or whatever, but he did quote kind of the, the Pareto principle and he was looking at his own clients and he was really stressed out, not really liking his business. And he realized that he had these, you know, a very small percentage of his clients actually provided him uh, the, the vast majority of his revenue. Like he had a hundred customers and, you know, five or six of them or, or something like that was the ones that provided 80 or 90% of the revenue. And so in his, uh, the way that he um, made his business less stressful was he just got rid of all the other customers. He used it more as a pruning mechanism than um, one of trying to, you know, create additional things. I mean, I think 
he probably eventually did did use it as a way to get more customers. Um, but is that something that you see often? Is that people you know do that analysis of their own their own clients and they have that eighty percent of their customers that are maybe only providing twenty percent of their revenue and they you know just kind of chop that off? Yes, th- this is really common. In fact, um, one of my clients is Gallery Furniture in Houston, and they got kind of famous. Some some of you guys might have seen them during the hurricane in Houston. They they were actually putting up customers in their furniture store, <laughs> like they like people that lost their homes and stuff. They're actually sleeping in the furniture store, and it went viral. Um, but but Gallery Furniture. Um, they don't sell children's furniture because there's no money in it. <laughs> they their biggest profit center is mattresses, and um, and and I was talking to Jim McInvale about this. And uh, there's this thing uh, my friend Lynn Bertain calls it the twenty one twenty rule. Now listen real carefully because it's this is kind of weird, but if you get this. Like you'll have the light bulb will go on and you'll suddenly realize that there's more profit in your business. So it goes like this. 120% of your profit comes from 20% of your customers. Okay. And then some other portion of your customers, maybe the bottom 20% lose 20% and they pull you back down to a hundred of whatever you made. Okay, so in other words, some of your customers made you extra profit and then you've got another group of customers that sucked up the extra profit because you're basically taping dollar bills to everything that you sell to them. Okay, and this is almost always true. It's almost always true that if you get rid of 10% of your customers and it's the right 10%, or if you get rid of 10% of your product and and it's the right 10%, or if you get rid of 10% of your employees and it's the right 10%, or maybe even probably you get rid of 10% of your traffic by picking the right, I mean, this, this applies to buying Facebook clicks and buying Google clicks. You'll, you'll have a smaller business with less complexity, less hours, less people to serve, and it will make more money. This is almost always true. Rarely is it not true. So the furniture store thing is kind of easy to understand. Oh, they make money on mattresses. They don't make money on children's furniture. But almost every business has some version of that. You are losing money on something. And it might be even something that you're really attached to. Oh, but, you know, Helen runs the... children's furniture department and, she's so nice and she does such a good job and all of that like well that may be true and if you want to keep Helen then you can you can run a little charity there in one department of your furniture store but you better be self-conscious and aware that this is what you are doing so I think most of our listeners can probably relate very much to this idea that maybe 10% of their clients are are costing them money uh, when it comes to like having legacy clients. So people that maybe they brought onto their agency years ago, some of their first clients that might still have different preferential pricing that they've never adjusted, even though the cost of running their business has probably gone up, you know, maybe exponentially and they still have people uh, on these old rates or they have people that they 
don't bill for help or support. Like they call them and their buddies and they, they just kind of get the free, the free assistance because they've never paid for, you know, consulting or, or support. And so they just get these 15 minute calls, these 30 minute calls, these little hour long tasks. And sometimes it's never, uh, you, you think to yourself, oh, I'm not going to bill for that. Right. But when you add it all up, I mean, it can, it can take considerable amount of time. So I think that I, uh, most of our listeners could definitely look at their current clients and make some adjustments. Absolutely. And I, I give a talk a while back to a whole room full of CPAs, you know, and they do tax stuff. In fact, I think I've done two different CPA organizations and, and I go, okay, so how many of you have like the accounting client from, you know, where, and, you know, and, and you, you know that you don't make money on these people because their returns are so complicated and they don't pay enough money and they're sending you emails night and day. Like all of these hands go up. And I said, okay, I am granting you, I, Perry Marshall, standing up here on this stage, I now grant you permission to fire these clients. You know, and they kind of look at me, are, are, are you sure you can do that? Like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be mean and nasty about it. You don't have to tell them that it's firing, but you know, you, you can send them a, a letter or a note or a phone call that say, Hey, you know, we've, we've done some serious readjustment of our entire business and we're moving in a different direction and we're just not going to be able to serve certain clients right this, this next year. Um, in fact, this for tax people, this would be a perfect time to send that letter now, like well before tax season, right? And and say, you know, I, I I've got these other recommended people that you could go work with, and and I'll help you hand it off, you know. And you just, but but I told him you you have to do this because they're strangling you, and you could work twenty percent less and make twenty percent more by getting rid of. 10 or 20% of your clients. And Jack Welch at GE, when, when he was rocking and rolling with that thing, he, it was company policy that you had to get rid of 10% of the employees every year. And that is true. Now, most people just cringe like, oh my, I can't fire Helen. Like, well, do it at least you can be consciously aware that Helen, you're paying you're paying Helen $50,000 a year, but it really costs you 75. And in fact, I, I've got a longtime client, Nancy Schlesinger in the UK. She runs a hiring agency. She says that a bad hire costs you 14 times their salary. And I didn't quite believe her until I uh, there was a, it was like a bookkeeper kind of person um, who worked for us and she moved on and went somewhere else. She didn't get fired or anything. We replaced her with somebody like a year or a year and a half later, we figured out she had overpaid somebody by about a hundred thousand um, dollars. And like, it's her job to catch that. Like I'm not supposed to be catching this stuff. Like this is why we hire her. Uh, it's like, yeah, man, like bad people, we, you know, because they're not just doing their job. They're controlling resources and they're affecting customers. And, you know, somebody with a bad attitude or who simply doesn't answer the phone or, or lets it go to voicemail or, or, or whatever, it, you have no idea how much it's costing you. 
And, and, and so what a lot of times what 80, 20 does, if you really understand it, it says, I guarantee you that that 2120 rule is true somewhere. You just don't know where, you know, and somebody goes and looks, they go, no, I think we're good. You know, no, you go back and you look again, it's there and it's always there. And, and now this is very encouraging. Like if you're in a crunch and your cash flow is tight and things aren't, well, most people try to solve it by selling more and paddling harder. And usually that, since they're doing it frantically, it means they're taping even more dollar bills every time stuff goes out than they even were before. And they just dig in deeper. And a lot of times like, no, you can, you can, um, like you, you might be able to make 70% of as, uh, as much money with 30% as much work, which means you could lay off 70% of your staff if you absolutely had to and probably still survive. And you would actually make more money yourself. Mm. So almost even using this idea of pruning and cutting the unprofitable, the things that are causing you to uh, make less money or increase your stress, um, using that as a way to uh, either kind of in a way grow, right? Because you're going to end up netting more or you're going to be able to survive through that uh, that crisis a little bit better. I, I, I love that. That's that's awesome. I think eighty twenty for for agencies though too. I mean, this is something that's super valuable as a as an idea that they can bring not only and look at their own business, but something they can use uh, in applying to other clients or their clients' businesses. Whether that's through advertising and explaining you know traffic to their clients, like why it's so much more important to be ranked number one, two, or three on Google than four, five, six, seven, or, yes. or whatever. Um, yes. Or even why it's uh, probably good to be ranked number one on page two versus six or seven. Um, True. Yeah. <laughs> you know, True. And, and also with, with Facebook ads, I mean, this shows up a lot. Uh, and I think most clients, whether they're a uh, you know, a, a, I mean, a random mom and pop business all the way up to some corporate marketing manager can understand this concept because it's simple and it's, it's, you know, something that they can apply to their own life. Well, so if, if you really understand 80, 20 and you're an agent agency, so agencies always fight commoditization, right? Like, well, why are you different than anybody else? Well, obviously the first level is actually being competent, which most agencies aren't competent. And there's all kinds of people you know, that'll just burn clients money with, you know, like with fire, uh, you know, into ashes. Right. But, but when you get past that, it's like, well, what do you do different than everybody else? Well, if you're in the door and you're already doing this stuff for a client and you're getting them traffic and you're getting them customers, you can put on your 80, 20 hat, you can take the 80, 20 book, or maybe some of our more advanced courses and you can start applying things and go, well, Let's go do 80-20 in this person's business. Let's start looking for stuff, um, stuff that can be chopped, stuff that can be increased. You know, every time you chop something, you have more resources to grow the good stuff. That's what pruning is. And 80-20 and is fundamentally a pruning kind of phenomenon. And that's, that's what you're supposed to do with it. And, and when, you, when you take the resources away from the losers and you put them on the extreme winners, um, you just get exponential growth. So you have a sales guy who's like really just kicking butt and doing a fantastic job. Well, so what happens if instead of trying to hire another sales guy, you hire an assistant who books all of his flights, 
uh, fills out all of his paperwork, does all of his expense reports, um, books all of his appointments and makes sure that he can spend all of his time closing deals and talking to customers instead of mucking around with administrivia, which usually salespeople are terrible at, right? Some bureaucrat wants to nag them about, well, call them, you know, E64 and your spreadsheet on your expense report was all wrong, Carl, right? And like, Carl doesn't need to hear that, right? Just give, give him some, some support staff to, you know, make up for all these deficiencies and go, man, go, right? And, you know, you hire that extra person, maybe they're even part-time or you borrow them from another department or whatever, and it's costing you an extra you know, $10,000 a year and Carl goes and sells a million dollars a year more deals. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. That That's the 80-20 organization. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very, um, ah, that's such an important idea that there's always a different way uh, is kind of what stands out to me because I think it is so common for people to say, oh, well, I have one sales rep who's really great. Let's go out there and try to find the a second unicorn uh, right. versus taking a look at, you know, what is that, uh, maybe that uh, 80% of work that's taking up, you know, a whole lot of time from that one salesperson and only giving you 20% of your results and letting them shift to their you know, they're 20% of time that's giving you 80% of results and, and, and leaning more into that. So now they have, you know, 100% of that time to dedicate to those highly valuable um, type tasks for that that business. I mean, I can just personally, when we, we've, we've recently gone through some shifts in our, our sales team and, uh, you know, we have somebody who's who's a rock star and who, who drives it. And I'm already thinking in my head, like, hey, we could actually get this person to be more effective by giving them more resources and time. So I think that's a really insightful uh, way of thinking, Perry. That's right. And and to add on to that, everybody should have a personal assistant, um, like every entrepreneur. I mean, unless you're just like so absolutely threadbare that you don't have anything. But even, you know, it, if you have, let's say you, you hire a personal assistant and you pay them $12 an hour and they work five hours a week, well, that's $250 a month. But what do you do? You give them the stuff that's only worth five or ten dollars an hour, so that you can do other stuff. Now, um, like a lot of people, they'll try to outsource, you know, Google AdWords or Facebook ads or copywriting or something like that. Well, well, obviously, the people who we're talking to are people that you out outsource stuff like that too, because they are agencies. But, you know, those are hard things to outsource. Now, you know what's easy to outsource? Uh, trips to Office Max, putting gas in my car, taking my car to the mechanic, doing the laundry, washing the dishes, nailing the picture frame on the wall, mowing the lawn, shoveling snow, right? Those are all like $10 an hour jobs that just about anybody can do competently. And there's a plentiful supply of people who know how to do them. Not only that, they're like praying for, you know, if, oh, please God, give me a cleaning job or give me a cooking job, right? Well, if you're busy and you're up to your eyeballs and stuff, outsource like the $10 an hour tasks in your life and start organizing your day. Okay, what can I put in my assistant's basket this morning? And again, maybe they only have an hour a day, but, but it, 
So that, that means if you have to pay them every two weeks, then, then what that means is you have to figure out how to make 125 more dollars from your high value work of in your skill zone of doing the stuff you do best uh, in order to pay the assistant. And you can, you don't have to pay them for two weeks. So when you hire them, you've got actually got two weeks to figure out where you're going to come up with $125 to pay this person. Well, if you do this, what will eventually happen is this person will be full time. And every day you'll be like, okay, I need to do this for me, do this for me, do this. Like you should not be doing all this stuff for yourself. And, you know, there aren't very many entrepreneurs unless they're just a complete virgin startup. Like if you actually have any kind of a real business, there aren't very many that couldn't afford to actually have an assistant. You will actually make more money, right? And so like my assistant has an assistant, <laughs> okay? And, and it makes my life so much better. That's great. That's great. This has been really insightful, Perry. I think there's a lot of tangible takeaways for our audience. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited actually personally to, to, to write out some of the show notes and, and put some of that stuff uh, in, in the, the, the blog post that always backs up these, these episodes. Uh, are you ready for a lightning round? Let's go. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? Wow. Um, uh, seek wisdom. Um, you know, like top of the stack. Um, what is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing how to use knowledge. It's different than knowledge. Okay. You know, knowledge is facts and, and all that kind of stuff. Wisdom is, um, is, is understanding the context and application of what you know. My, I think the best business book ever written is the book of Proverbs. It's in the Old Testament. Um, it's got 31 chapters. If you read a chapter a day for a month, um, it, it'll, it'll save you from all kinds of stupidity spasms. I have, we have yet to have that uh, recommended, so I like that. Uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Um, in the last few years, it's, uh, it's journaling every morning and having meditative and prayer space before I do any kind of emails or engage with the world in any way. Um, I, I kind of center myself. I plan my day. I get my mind in a, in a, in a space of gratitude and like my days go so much better um, in fact, I have not missed a day of doing that in four years. Wow. That's really incredible. That's you, discipline. I, I've, ever yeah, felt. that's, that's serious. I mean, I've, I think the one person that was, I think Blair ends, that was recently on our show that he had been meditating for 60 days straight, something like that, or, you know, every day he had been hitting it every day, but four years is a, is a, is a good, uh, good stretch there. I think you hold the record right now on the digital agency show. <laughs> um, can you share an internet resource, a tool that you use on a daily basis that helps you uh, in your business or life? Um, 8020curve.com. It's the companion to the book. And if you, if you read the book and understand the tool, you can predict how many espresso machines that you would sell at $2,700 or $800 or whatever. Um, and, uh, 
it's it's the great predictor. It's 8020curve.com and it's free. Sweet. And I've, I've personally used that a few times. Can definitely recommend it, especially if you guys are, uh, you know, one of the things I think about is just selling like support and hosting and maintenance type agreements. If you really look at how many customers you have over the next 12 or 24 months and think about what kind of tiered packages you should have, that tool mm-hmm. uh, is a really good way uh, to, to help you do that. So thanks for that recommendation. In yes. uh, what book uh, besides uh, your own would you recommend and why? Um, I would recommend uh, The Star Principle by Richard Koch. Um, Richard wrote the 80-20 book. Richard really is one of the most brilliant business authors of our time. And I, I think he's also one of the most underrated. You know, you ever have like conversations about who do you think is an underrated guitar player or vocalist or whatever? Well, for underrated business authors, uh, The Star Principle um, will show you which businesses are going to succeed and which ones are going to fail really reliably. So, so, you know, 20% of businesses succeed, 80% fail. That book defines more succinctly who the winners and losers are going to be than any other book I know. And I apply it to everything I do. Um, I apply it to every client that I work with and agencies want to be doing client work for star businesses and not anybody else because you don't want to hit your wagon to a loser. So before you take on any, any new clients, you should use that book. And by the way, um, Richard and I built a tool and if you go to, this is another free tool. If you go to starprinciple.com, you can score any business and it'll tell you uh, where it is on the scale. Very cool. Uh, how can our audience find out more about you? And uh, is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yes, uh, you can go to perrymarshall.com slash 8020 and you can get 8020 sales and marketing for a penny plus shipping. And that's, uh, that's a buck, uh, excuse me, that's seven bucks in the US and 14 bucks foreign. And uh, so we have a very deliberate strategy. We're, we're taping dollar bills to those books when they go out, but we know the numbers. We know exactly what happens with the lifetime customer value. We know, you know, what percentage of those people end up spending $10,000 with us and, and so on. So you can go to perrymarshall.com slash 8020 and we'll ship you a copy of 8020 sales and marketing for seven bucks in the U.S. It's a pretty sweet deal. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll definitely include links to that, guys, in our show notes. If you uh, want to check it out later on, uh, if you're in the car or on a run, um, just go to perrymarshall.com slash 8020 or check out our show notes. We'll include a link directly to that. Perry, thank you so much for stopping by the Digital Agency Show. This has been a great, a great program for our audience. Brent, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. And I know how hardworking and diligent uh, agency owners are. So I want to wish your people all the best in differentiating themselves from all the charlatans and flimflam guys out there and, and winning some really good, honest business. Yeah, I think our, our, our uh, if they're listening to the digital agency show, they're on the right track or already crushing it out there. So uh, we appreciate that. And um, that's our show for this week, guys. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the digital agency show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. 
Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.